The following is a presentation of the Georgia Southern Sports Network. Powered by Learfield. Welcome to Inside Eagle Nation, your official podcast for Georgia Southern Athletics. Fantrice's debut continues to impress. Four touchdown passes has just tied a Georgia Southern school record. It is 44-7. Inside Eagle Nation is brought to you by Morris Bank. It pays to bank blue. Bud Light. Responsibility has its rewards. Enjoy responsibly. And by Savannah Hilton Head International Airport. Shot fake to get around Anderson. Lane, there's another highlight reel dunk. Check the rim and check the bolts. He almost ripped it off the backboard. It's a game-by-game thing with Kamari Brown. Eagles fans, this is your all-access pass to all things true blue. It's time to take you inside Eagle Nation. And as Coach Russell will say, you ain't seen nothing yet. And now, here's your host, the voice of the Eagles, Danny Reed. Eagle Nation, it's great to see you again. Another episode of the Inside Eagle Nation podcast as we are about prepared to say goodbye to the month of January. Before we do that, we've got plenty to cover all across Georgia Southern Athletics this week with some squads about ready to finish their season, others just getting started up within this past week. We'll also talk with head women's rifle coach Soren Butler about the amazing trip that unit had going up to Alaska and how they fared in Southern Conference play thus far this season. Also going to visit with Glenn Hart from the Apex program talking about Feed the Borough coming up this Saturday over at Statesboro High School starting at 8 a.m. But this week, we started off with Georgia Southern track and field getting the spring season going at the Carolina Challenge in Columbia, South Carolina. And the way we see it, you break a school record, you lead off the program. And that's exactly what Devine Parker did, running the 200 meters in a Georgia Southern record 24.07 seconds. It highlighted an overall performance that saw Georgia Southern finish with eight top five efforts in program history. They'll be back in action February the 3rd and 4th, right back in Columbia, South Carolina at the Carolina Indoor Track and Field Complex. Men's tennis also started its spring season with a pair of matchups down in the state of Florida on on Friday, a 6-1 victory over Flagler, followed by a 5-2 loss to UCF on Sunday. They have a pair of home matchups this weekend, Saturday 10 a.m. against the Citadel and Sunday 2 p.m. against North Florida, all of that taking place at the Wallace Tennis Center. Meanwhile, for women's rifle going into the weekend at number 16 in the country, they continued their unblemished mark in SOCON play, sweeping the Citadel in co-ed and women's action to get to 8-5 and five overall. It was a big week for Addie Burrow as she was named to the USA Shooting's National Development Air Rifle Team. She capped it off by finishing in first in all three disciplines, air rifle, small bore, and the aggregate, as Georgia Southern now prepares to head to Wofford on Sunday to continue Southern Conference action. That'll be an 8 a.m. first shot up in Spartanburg. News from the Ted Smith Family Football Operations Center. As Georgia Southern football has hired a new offensive line coach, T.J. Woods has joined the coaching staff after the week before we announced that B.J. Johnson, former Eagle wide receiver, had been added as the team's new wide receivers coach. For Woods, he was the co-offensive coordinator at UNLV the last two seasons, while also spending time the last few years at Utah State, Western Kentucky, Oregon State, and at Wisconsin in 2013 and 2014, where he worked with the 
Joke Walker Award winner and NFL star Melvin Gordon. And speaking of Georgia Southern football, seeing a lot of progress over at the indoor practice facility right behind Alani Paulson Stadium just over the last couple of weeks. We know that we're less than three months away from the spring football game, and it feels like things are really taking shape for Clay Helton's program. A week ago, we talked about season tickets going on sale for Georgia Southern baseball and softball, with softball available for $50, baseball season tickets starting for $105, but also for baseball, evening with the All-Stars, the program's first pitch event taking place on Friday, February 3rd over at the Neesmith Lane Ballroom. Keynote speaker is Andrew Jones, a chance to hear a lot of great stories from his time playing for the Braves. That's an event that'll start at 5.30 with a special meet and greet, with the primary program getting started at 6 p.m. Plate dinner, auction items, and an opportunity to hear from one of the all-time best Atlanta Braves. You can get your tickets by visiting gseagles.com slash allstars or call 1-800-GSU-WINS for more information. Also for Georgia Southern Baseball, it was announced last week that the Georgia Southern-Georgia matchup at SRP Park in North Augusta has been set for a 635 first pitch on March the 7th. Tickets go on sale this Friday for a matchup that will see Georgia serve as this year's home team. That was after Georgia Southern came back from 5 nothing down a year ago to wallop the Bulldogs by a 13-5 score. And of course, another large news note, it's been a good stretch for former head coaches for Georgia Southern with Paul Johnson having been named to the College Football Hall of Fame class of 2023. As former Eagle head coach, the late Jack Stallings, Skip will be honored up in Macon on February 25th, enshrined in the Georgia Sports Hall of Fame. Swimming and diving wrapping up the home portion of its schedule over the weekend, taking down North Florida but falling to East Carolina on Senior Day as the program honored Emily Jones and Lydia Evans. A pair of first-place finishes for Georgia Southern in both the 50 and 100-meter free. They now prepare for the CCSA Championships in Knoxville, Tennessee from February 15th through the 18th. On the hardwood, Georgia Southern men's basketball went into last weekend in the midst of a six-way tie for first place atop the Sunbelt Conference standings. The only game last Thursday that featured two of those four and two teams was at Hanner Fieldhouse as the Eagles hosted ULM. Eagle defense came out relatively strong, holding the Warhawks to one of six from the field at the outset, but ULM built a sizable first-half lead that saw the Eagles get within four at 25-21 in the final six minutes, but ULM would not be deterred. Starting the second half, 11 of 15 from the field, 61% overall they shot in the final 20 minutes, and they turned back Georgia Southern 72-59 to to knock the Eagles out of first place by a game to start that brief homestand at Hanner Fieldhouse. But then Saturday afternoon, everything wiped away. Southern Knot State took center stage in the Sunbelt Conference, and boy did that Georgia Southern defense respond. They held the Panthers to 17 consecutive missed shots over a stretch of nearly 14 minutes in the first half. Panthers began the game just 2 of 20. Eagles ultimately building a 24-point second half lead and hanging on at the end for a 58-52 victory, ending a three-game skid not just against the Panthers overall, but a three-game skid as well inside Hanner Fieldhouse. Improving the overall record to 12-9, 5-3 in conference play, keeping them one game out of first behind four 6-2 squads. 15 points for Jalen Finch led all Eagles, 13 and 6 for Andre Savrasov, 10 for Tyron Moore. And we had a chance to be joined by both Andre Savrasov and Brian Berg on the Ford Locker Room wrap-up on what it meant to beat Georgia State for the very first time and this team getting back on track after a rough Thursday. And we talked before that you seem to save some of your best for the Panthers. Almost had a double-double here last year. You came out of the gates firing. Eight of the first 13 Eagle points. You end up going for 13 and 6. How'd you find the success early on? Just 
We're do, trying to do my job, play hard every possession on both ends, on defense, on offense. We're trying to get involved. Just weren't trying to force anything, to be honest. We're trying to, if, if I found, if I had an open teammate, I would try to pass him the ball. If I had an open lane, I would try to drive and finish by myself. So one thing I would say, I just have to do a better job in the second half, be more aggressive uh, in the second half, because in the second half, that's when usually uh, I lose that focus. So hopefully next game I will do a better job in the second half. <laughs> Did getting into foul trouble bother you at all? Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I should uh, I should have been more careful in the last one. Uh, the last one when I went for a rebound, kind of it was a little bit. I had a little bit push in the back. So yeah, but I was just trying to play hard, you know. Just like I said, every possession, crush the boards, go for a rebound on offense and defense. Well, hopefully next time I'm I'm, I'm gonna learn from my mistakes and do a better job again. You know, that first half it really felt like you guys were trying to make a defensive statement. You held them to 19%. I don't know if you guys realize they missed 17 straight shots at one point over almost 14 minutes. And I know you guys are built on your defense, but to play that well, where did it come from with the prep the last day or so? Oh, just from previous game. Previous game we did it. I'm being honest. We were, we were terrible on defense. I was terrible on defense, and we had to come out with a better fight and show that that was just a fluke, and we had to do. We had to come together and play better defensively, and we did in the first half. Again, second half, we did a little bit worse job, but still, you know, win is a win. Got to learn from it and play our, ba our best basketball just like we did in the first half. With the way that you guys defend, you find yourself guarding smaller players a lot of the time, especially out front. How much does that help you with your positioning and your quickness? Well, it, it helps me a lot because just like back from – from to my Russia days, I, I used to be a guard, and I used to play, and I used to guard little little guys because I was a little guy, and <laughs> yeah, and I grew up, and it's just like a t tendency. That's that's what I have to do to help our team to win, to help our team to succeed. So, it, yeah, that's pretty much it. Next four on the road, coaches talked to me a lot about that this week, and this is going to be a really important stretch with Louisiana, Texas State, Georgia State, the rematch up in Atlanta, and then going to Old Dominion for another rematch after that overtime loss here. How do you get you get yourselves mentally prepared to go on the road for the next two weekends? Just take every game one at a time. Just try to play each game, take take each game serious, and don't try to look in a, look at, at the stretches of four games, try to look at one game at a time, and just play our best basketball, our team basketball, the way we do on defense, communicate with each other, you know, help each other, get have each other backs, you know, on offense move the ball, don't play selfish. You know, if we're open, don't don't be scared to shoot. So that's that's like that's the way we play. And if, if we play if we play like that, I, I'm pretty sure there's not a lot of teams that who can who can do 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 anything against us in the Sunbelt. First time you've beaten Georgia State's got to feel pretty good, huh? Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. <laughs> yes, sir. Drake, Gary Travel, we'll see you yeah, on Thursday. Yeah, appreciate it. That's Andre Saversoff on this Ford Locker Room wrap-up as Georgia Southern defeats Georgia State 58-52. to Head coach Brian Berg alongside as well, picking up his first victory over these Panthers, ending that three-game losing streak. And, look, as, as things – didn't go well defensively on Thursday. You guys came out, and I just talked with Andre, that it seemed like you really wanted to set a defensive tone. Yeah, that was going to be one of the bigger keys is to be able to defend in this game. You know, they play so extremely hard and so physical. I think this is one of the more physical games we've had this year. Proud of our guys to be able to match that intensity and be able to, uh, you know, make some plays. Uh, got off to a really good start, and that was a big point in this game as well. They missed 17 shots in a row at one point. They didn't hit a field goal for almost 14 minutes. They were two out of 20. 
it was a number of shots that you forced them to shoot in a difficult manner. And then on the other side, some of those hustle plays early on seemed like they set the tone as well with McFadden, with Kamari, with Andre, keeping balls alive for teammates, but just saying that if it was a 50-50 ball, it was going to be Georgia Southern's ball. Yeah, I, I think you look back at the game that we played on Thursday, had a chance to work the film, had some soul searching, uh, knowing that we, we, need, we need to come out and play well today. And um, I think those 50-50 balls we were able to win. And, uh, and I'm you know, proud of the guys to be able to do that. Uh, thought we had a really good 20 minutes, first half. Second half, you know, I, I take ownership in regards to I tried to shrink the game a little bit, probably did that a little bit too early and, and disrupted our rhythm. But our, our guys are trying to execute the game plan, did a great job at that. Um, give credit to them. So excited about uh, taking care of business today against Georgia State. Not only building a 24-point lead, which is the biggest you've had against a conference team this year, but to do it in front of the best crowd of the season, to do it in front of the round ball club, the alumni back this weekend is pretty special. Yeah, Danny, it's, it's, it was an unbelievable crowd today. Yeah. So so appreciative of everyone that came to Hannerfield House. It was uh, great, you know, even – you know, just seeing everyone, you know, fill this place up. It's got a lot of electricity. So, so thankful. Hope we come back, uh, and, you know, after two weeks, whenever we're on the road, but come back for that, uh, you know, that next homestand, those two games. And um, no, I just think the overall energy of the, the place was really good and just really excited for our players. Next four on the road, it starts Thursday in your home state of Texas. Stray and Arena for your first ever trip to San Marcos to battle Texas State. That's at 8 o'clock Eastern tip. We're on at 7.30. But like I just asked Andre, how do you guys mentally get ready knowing that your next four are away from here? Well, you go back to your routines, and well, definitely we need to get some guys healed up, got some guys banged up. This is one of the more physical games that we played this year. So the guys spend a lot of time in the training room tonight, tomorrow, uh, to be able to get prepared for a really good road trip, playing two quality teams, um, going out to Texas State and also playing Lafayette. So stick to your uh, routine, stick to uh, what we do on a day-to-day -day basis, try to get better. We've played 10 games so far. Uh, excuse me, we played eight games. We have 10 remaining, so each game counts. And like I say every time, anyone can win on any given night. So get a great opportunity for us to go on the road and play good basketball. And now it's a four-game road stretch for Georgia Southern, a supremely important stretch of games away from Statesboro for this squad. They'll have a chance to finish with four out of six at home, but the next four all on the road as they try to reascend to the top of the Sunbelt Conference. It begins on Thursday night in Strayan Arena against the Texas State Bobcats, a team that Brian Berg has never played because in year one, you only played teams in your geographic area. East was playing East and West was playing West during the COVID year. And last season, the one matchup between the teams was called off because of COVID concerns with the Bobcats in the month of January. So this will be a chance for Georgia Southern to head to the state of Texas for the first time since February of 2020. Eight o'clock Eastern tip, we're on the air at 7.30 with the Cutwater spirits countdown to tip off and from there it's a long bus ride to Lafayette Louisiana for another single matchup this season Georgia Southern against Louisiana's Ragin' Cajuns who enter the weekend as the hottest team in conference having won six consecutive games and a tie for first in the league with those three other squads they've also not been defeated at home going into a Thursday matchup against Troy either way Georgia Southern will try to stretch its winning streak inside the Cajun Dome to five in a row something that has not been done in 30 years. Eagles and Cajuns, 8 o'clock on Saturday night from the Cajun Dome. We'll be on at 7.30 with the Cutwater Spirits countdown to tip-off. And Georgia Southern women's basketball after getting swept at home the previous weekend in overtime against Old Dominion and on Saturday against Appalachian State. The women hit the road 
but that's where they've been most at home this year, and they won both one more time. How they did it on Thursday was in quite impressive fashion, taking down first place James Madison 69-65 to in Harrisonburg and ending James Madison's 13-game winning streak. You have to keep in mind that Dukes had ascended to as high as number five in the women's mid-major poll, but Taryn Ward didn't want any of that. She finishes with 23 points and nine rebounds, hitting the go-ahead jumper with 24 seconds left, and then the game-clinching free throws in the final seconds to seal the victory. Georgia Southern out-rebounded JMU 53-37, including 21 on the offensive end. That led to 24 second-chance points. Could they sweep the weekend on the road? Absolutely. It was Fant Ewing Coliseum against ULM and a relatively comfortable 86-72 win against the Warhawks in a game that saw Georgia Southern commit just 11 turnovers while knocking down 6-14 of 14 from three-point territory. They also got out and ran with 27 fast-break points, contributing to 44 points in the paint. Taryn Ward again was outstanding, 21 points and 7 rebounds, fifth consecutive game that she has scored 20 or more, longest streak by an Eagle in 28 years. Simone James added 15, while Taya Gibson had 17 points off the bench. We just mentioned about feeling at home on the road. Well, that makes six consecutive road victories for Georgia Southern women's basketball, the longest stretch for the program in 13 years. That improved Georgia Southern's record to 13-4 and overall and 5-3 and in conference play, just two games out of first in the Sun Belt standings behind James Madison. The Eagles will have their split weekend starting on Thursday at Hanner Fieldhouse against Louisiana, a team they're currently tied with in fourth place at 5-3 and in conference. It's back to the 2000s night inside Hanner. That'll be a 6 o'clock tip on Thursday. Then Saturday, a huge road matchup inside Trojan arena only meeting of the season between the Eagles and the Troy Trojans. That's a Troy team that is one game ahead of Georgia Southern tied per second. They'll tip it off at five o'clock Eastern from the Wiregrass. It is part of a stretch where Georgia Southern plays three of its next four at home, February 2nd, Southern Knot State, and then the fourth, the rematch against James Madison. When we come back from this timeout, it's our sit down with women's rifle head coach Soren Butler. More than 8,000 miles round trip were logged in that trek out to Alaska for two days worth of meets, but it's all Southern Conference action from here, getting ready for the postseason tournament. You're listening to Inside Eagle Nation. Georgia Southern men's basketball is hunting for its first Sun Belt Conference championship. At Eagle Nation, we need you to pack Hanner Fieldhouse. The Eagles are back home Thursday, February 9th against James Madison at 7 p.m. for fight night and Saturday, February 11th against Arkansas State at 3 for salute to service. Cheer on the Eagles as they host the Dukes Thursday, February 7th at 7 and the Red Wolves Saturday, February 9th at 3. Georgia Southern basketball, get your tickets now. Morse Bank is proud to be the Georgia Southern football season presenting sponsor. We've got a lot of Eagles on our team, so we know what it means to bleed blue. Believe, lead, understand, and excel are our principles which Morse Bank was built. Even though things are constantly changing, our commitment to our customers is stronger than ever. Just like the family feel of Georgia Southern, we still say hello when you walk into any of our locations. Because Morse Bank hasn't forgotten that our customers and communities are what it's really all about. And that's what we mean when we say it pays to bank blue. Morse Bank, member FDIC. Back with more of the Inside Eagle Nation podcast. We promised this. We finally present this. Fresh off the trip to Alaska. What a trip it was spending four days up in Fairbanks. We now have the pleasure of speaking with women's rifle coach Soren Butler. Had to make sure he had enough time to get the jet lag out of your system, but I appreciate the time today. Yeah, thanks for having me on. We have talked for so long about 
can't wait for Alaska, can't wait for Alaska, and you just got back there within the last week. So what would you tell us about how the entire experience came together? Yeah, I think a, a lot of planning, you know, both on the trip itself, the logistics, but also just the support we received on the front end. I think first I'd just say thank you to, you know, all our donors that, that made this trip possible, specifically the Fennell family and and all the help they've been giving us throughout the years. Our, our team really appreciates that. But yeah, a super great trip. Had a lot of fun with the team members and, and staff that were able to come with. And I, I think we put together a really good trip for the girls. And I know on the shooting side, really happy with the performance there as well. When you're planning for something that's more than 4,000 miles one way, is that something that needs even more time to get ready for? Or is this just like a flight that just happens to be longer? I don't know, kind of both. I mean, it, it definitely, the flights kind of take care of themselves, but also, yeah, I stressed about it just because I was, I worry about a lot of things, but I think uh, <laughs> the flights were pretty easy and we had a lot of help too with the, the coaching staff at UAF. They helped us set up a lot of things and we're really thankful for them too. They gave, helped our team have a really good experience. Having not just lived in Fairbanks, but this is where you competed. You were a two-time All-American up there. We talked about that on Hale Southern Live earlier this year. How much were you leaned on to help give them an experience that they'll remember forever? Yeah, I definitely played tour guide for the week. That was pretty fun to show them the town and the range and stuff. And it meant a lot to me to get to go back there. And um, I think, you know, it was nice having myself there, but also just some friends from back in the day that are still there were able to do some stuff, you know, specifically through some of the activities we did. But uh, yeah, played tour guide for the week big time. Give us the recap. What all did you get a chance to do? I know we saw a little bit on social media, but what did you guys get to experience over those four days? Yeah, so the first day we got up and uh, the coaching staff at UAF got us into the Museum of the North, which is kind of their on-campus. It's kind of a natural science, but also a kind of Alaskan art um, museum, which was pretty cool. Some different stuff in there. After that, we kind of toured around town, went to a couple souvenir places like a a fur trading post and um, a place called the Alaska Bowl Company, which just makes um, different uh, decorations and bowls and stuff through birch trees, which is kind of the main tree up there. And the next day we went to China Hot Springs, which is a resort type deal. The girls went in uh, the hot springs and did some dog sledding. That was a pretty big hit. And then we went to the North Pole that day, which isn't the geographical North Pole, but rather just a town named North Pole that takes on the Christmas theme. So I think they had a fun time with that. And then um, Saturday after our match, we had a really good match with Kentucky, West Virginia, Alaska. That night, us, West Virginia, and the Alaska team went curling. And the coaches at UAF set that up. So I think that was a hit. Our staff really um, were looking forward to that. And uh, the girls had a really fun time. I had never been before, even though I went to school there. So that was a good time. And then Sunday, we shot the match and had a good supper that night and uh, just went to the airport. So it went by pretty fast, but yeah, we, we got to pack a lot in there, which was fun. One of the things that we had talked about for the months leading into it was getting a chance to see the Northern Lights. I know that's something you experienced a number of times, but this particular time, it was even better than just the run of the mill. If there is a run of the mill Northern Lights, I don't know if that exists, but this one was a little bit more special. Yeah, the one night we went out and saw the Northern Lights, and I think, like you said, they never really get old, but this were probably a top five I've ever seen and I lived there for five years so they got a really cool experience with that and some good pictures and stuff they were beautiful it was a lot of fun at the dog sledding part are you a cagey veteran when it comes to dog sledding or were you just like everybody else I was just like everybody else I've only (laughs) done it a handful of times but it's pretty cool just to see you know I think everyone's seen the movie snow dogs and that's not quite how it is but um 
uh, just a lot of fun to see that kind of heritage or, or tradition or whatever. And it was a good time. And the two days you spent on the range at two different sites, being able to compete against not just three teams, but three of the top five teams in the country. And knowing how well you finished the fall with the top ranking in program history, to go up there and compete, what was the goal of this team seeing all that across from you and next to you? Yeah, I think obviously the culture we're trying to create here is in line with those programs and, and eventually, you know, being better than them really. And so to go up there and see how those teams compete and how they carry themselves and match preparation and, and how they shoot their match, I think was really big for us as well as just getting used to shooting against top level teams. I think any new coach can come in and say they want to win a national championship, but to start competing against teams of that caliber and stuff, I think was huge for us. And obviously that's where we're trying to be. I think the girls really rose to the occasion. Uh, we have a lot of work to do still, but to say we had one of our top matches of the season at, you know, shooting against these kind of teams, I think is a testament to the mindset we're trying to develop here, which was fun to watch. Is there an instance where you have to get over the fact that you had to travel that long to get there and the competition you're going against and simply realize that I've been doing this all along anyway? 100%. The target's the same distance, same size, you have the same equipment. And the thing about shooting that's hard to compare to other sports is there's no defense, right? You can't make someone else do worse. There's only you doing as good as you can. And so no matter who you're shooting against, like it's an opportunity for you to have a great match and, and shoot it the way you want. Easier said than done, but that's kind of the, the mindset and lesson we are trying to instill moving forward. In other our past conversations, you mentioned how many similarities there are between rifle and golf. Do you notice that if you've had performers before that have played golf, that they have an easier transition to rifle or is one able to help the other? I only know a handful of people in rifle that play golf. I would love it if more did because that's more people I could go play with. But yeah, I, <laughs> I feel like too in golf, you really learn to battle the frustration in your mind. And if things are going well versus not, there's really nothing you can do other than, like you said, kind of get over it and move forward. And so I don't have much to go off of, but I would think so in theory. For any of Eagle Nation that is planning on making the trip to Alaska at some point, you can certainly speak to the sights and sounds of Fairbanks, but what are some other things that we should be looking for if we ever get a chance to do something like this? Go in the summertime, first off. <laughs> definitely definitely don't go in the winter. It's beautiful. I think the summertime, especially if you're an outdoorsman, fish or hunting or whatever, I think it's obviously a, a once-in-a-lifetime trip to be able to do something like that up there, but yeah, Fairbanks is a great place, a lot of different culture and, and different type of living up there. And I think, like I said, we pretty much hit everything up there. But I think, too, like making a trek down to the National Park and Denali is pretty popular. I think that's a big thing. Or down to the ski resorts or the ocean where people go fishing, I think would be pretty cool to go see, too. You just finished up getting back in a conference play against the Citadel this past Sunday. A little bit of time left before the Southern Conference Tournament, considering that you're off the first outright championship in school history. How do you look at that Alaska experience to help you even more as you progress to try to go back-to-back? -back? Yeah, I think on the mental side, it's just good to have a fun trip like that. Hopefully spirits are high and we're ready to work for the next six weeks. But also, again, like same same idea as shooting against anybody. Like it's a chance for us to go out and have a great match. And Citadel's been shooting really well this year. They've come along, prepare for SOCONs in a few weeks and, and come towards the, you know, the postseason part of our year. Think down the line a couple of years. Where else would you like to take your team? Oh, I'd love to go everywhere. But I, I do hope someday an international trip is in the books, whether it's a training trip or a match versus a foreign team. I think that would obviously be really big for our program. And I think something that's cool about shooting and leading in next year is we have a couple internationals coming on the team. So, 
giving people that different kind of view of different lifestyles and different cultures and stuff is pretty big for life, but also just for our sport and, and seeing how other people do it too. I tell you what, if you ever go on an international trip, we'll definitely talk about it on the podcast. That sound like a deal? Uh, deal, deal. Absolutely. <laughs> Sorry, thanks a lot for the time. Appreciate what you do for the program. We'll talk again soon. Thank you. appreciate you. Be back with more of the Inside Eagle Nation podcast right after this. It's time to pack your bags because Savannah Hilton Head International offers nonstop flights to a variety of major cities, including Denver, Miami, New York City, Washington, D.C., Cincinnati, Cleveland, and many more. Eight airlines, 26 nonstop destinations. Savannah Hilton Head International, the official airport of Georgia Southern Athletics. See where the airport can take you at flysav.com. Eagle Nation, don't miss this week's episode of Blue White Weekly, your weekly look inside Georgia Southern Athletics. Friday, 4 p.m. on Valley Sports Southeast and Saturday, 11.30 a.m. on WJCL. Hear exclusive interviews, catch up on highlights, and get primed for the weekend ahead. Check your local listings for Blue White Weekly, your weekly look inside Georgia Southern Athletics. Friday, 4 p.m. on Valley Sports Southeast and Saturday, 11.30 a.m. on WJCL. Inside Eagle Nation podcast continues coming up this Saturday at Statesboro High School starting at 8 a.m. It's the Feed the Borough event. And to talk a little bit about Georgia Southern Athletics' involvement with this program, Senior Associate AD for Student Athlete Development, also working with the Apex program, Glenn Hart is with us. And Glenn, I know this is something that's near and dear, so we appreciate a little bit of time today. Thanks, Danny. Glad to be here. Thanks for the opportunity to talk about the program, and always good talking to you. You've got Georgia Southern Athletics, the Apex Program, and the SAC Committee all kind of working together to pull this off. So how does an undertaking like this come together? Well, basically it starts with a lot of planning and a lot of help and those who have a servant heart. I'm very proud of our student athletes and their desire to give back. And it's definitely a, a community project. You know, they say it takes a village to raise a kid, but it's somewhat of a village effort of the different opportunities of everybody coming together. How do you explain the importance of this to them to say why they need to be involved? Well, our athletes are very fortunate and have to realize that they have a tremendous fan base to give back to them by coming to their games, buying tickets, supporting them. So this is a way to, to give back where it's not necessarily where they're involved in a competition. It's giving back as having a servant attitude from your heart and helping those in need in, in, in Bullock County. A servant leadership is something that we hear around the department all the time. doesn't matter what facility you're in. I know that's a big part of Jared's leadership style. But to understand that you need to serve before you have a chance to lead, how powerful is that? It's extremely powerful because it makes you realize how fortunate you are when you can be of yourself and be selfless, as Jerry said, like, be selfless and give of yourself to others because so much is given to us. I mean, you know, you're in school, a lot of them have scholarships, some don't, but a lot of scholarships. You're playing a sport, you have your health, you're young, and it's an opportunity to give back to those that are less fortunate and let them know that, that we see, we understand, we appreciate you. When you were coming up through college, what kind of events like this existed so you could get involved yourself? Well, honestly, we had things similar, but not quite to this magnitude. It was more or less, you know, visiting a hospital, I played football, visiting the hospitals, signing autographs or, f- or canned food donations at Thanksgiving. But something of this magnitude, of this size, we didn't have anything quite like this. So I'm very proud to be a part of it. And it's a passion of mine to give back. And I just love to see our student athletes investing in something other than themselves. I think to our department meetings at the start of every month and the SAC committee gets time to 
talk about their community service. I know how much Izzy and Emily really enjoy that. But the last five years, Georgia Southern has either been at the top of the Sunbelt Conference of Community Service or, or they've been near the top. So from the standpoint of how much enthusiasm they've shown for projects like these, what does that mean to you in the department? Well, it's huge. That's one of our pillars of our department is, is to lead the Conference of Community Service, but not from a competitive standpoint, but just from a, a heart of having a servant leadership, heart of wanting to give back. And we just challenge our, our student athletes that it's hard if they compete in the field, let's compete that hard in the community and giving back. And that's one thing that we pride ourselves on is, is being a leader in community service in, in the conference, not just from a standpoint of competitive nature, but from a standpoint of just giving back. All right, what are some of the other particulars of the event that Eagle Nation should know about going into this Saturday? Well, the event starts at 8 a.m., and typically um, it'll end about 10 a.m. We're going to give away about, about five boxes of food, and we're partnering with, with the Statesboro um, Feed the Borough organization with Don Post, a great organization, Second Harvest Food Bank. Um, we're partnering with them. It's basically kind of like a drive through so to speak. Fans will drive through We'll load their cars with th- different types of food to help them throughout the next couple of weeks, and it's just a great effort and a great feeling to give back. We already mentioned the partnership that has to take place with a number of entities on campus, but when you're working with the Statesboro Food Bank themselves, when you talk about America's Second Harvest, it really is a collective effort, not just with Georgia Southern, but Statesboro and Bullock County as well. Yes, it is. I was really amazed that we this, this organization existed. I've heard them before, but just to work with them, the class organization, their organization, how they do things, and also the support that they have in the community is tremendous. I'm just honored to be enjoying the sense of part of partnering with them and hopefully continue this moving forward. And you and Tracy really need to be applauded for the work that you guys do with Apex since this program was developed a couple of years ago. And I know that this is just the start of a really busy season. So what else can we look forward to the rest of the year in regards to what you've got our student athletes doing in the Apex program? Well, thanks to Jared and his, his leadership, um, Tracy and I, we're trying to see how we can continue to enhance the lives of our student athletes. Um, we've got a career tour coming up here in April, Atlanta Career Tour. We're going to take about 25 student athletes to Atlanta and let them experience you know, corporate America and build some networking contacts for the future. We're doing an Eagles Worldwide Study Abroad process, which we're going to send anywhere from four to six student athletes to study abroad this summer. The thing that we want to do here is let them know there's life outside of their sport, you know, to identify with their sport. And through the APES program, we're providing them with you know, opportunity that necessarily would not get um, just from playing their sport. And just down the hallway, we've got one of our own that's working as one of your graduate assistants, Hannah Daniel, outstanding tennis player for Georgia Southern. What kind of things do you hope to impart on somebody that gave four years of their academic career to Georgia Southern that can help them for the next 40 years? Well, once again, I said it's serving leadership and realizing that playing your sport, not just your identity. I think playing sports myself, you realize that there's more to it than just, you know, turning the lights on, live and playing. There's the business side of it. And I hope that what we can do is get them get life experience and work experience of working on the other side of the, of the ball, so to speak, and seeing how things operate in those real-world experiences. I've talked with Tracy about this before, how much he thought it would have benefited him while he was going through college if he would have had a program like this. I know from your time at Wake Forest, if you would have walked into Winston-Salem and there was a program that was that invested in your future, what more do you think it would have done? Oh, it would have been a game changer. I think the athlete realized how fortunate they are. They have an organization, not just APEX, but the entire athletic department. They'll put their arms around from the time they walk in as a freshman to the time they leave. A program like this, when I was a freshman at school, would have been game-changing. I'm very proud of, of what I've been able to accomplish, but however, having this type of, of a ground-level organization and, and foundation from day one, I think it can change so many lives because a lot of times student lives don't realize there's life beyond their sport. They don't typically know what they see from their parents or their immediate surroundings. And our job is to show them there's a whole world out there that they can experience and broaden their horizons. 
You also take the unique approach of developing student athletes each year as they go throughout this program. You get them as freshmen. There are certain things they need to know, as is the case for being a sophomore, junior, and then a senior when you put the cap and gown on and then the real world hits you. How do you develop a program that can get the most out of student athletes, but how much as it relates to timing of what they need to know? Well, basically, we look as to where they are in their life in terms of their um, freshman through senior year and what they need. We try to look and project out for four years because you can't get it all in one year. So it's a four-year program to where the freshman get basically the introductory um, information as a sophomore is starting to develop those skills and then transition to the a junior year. And then a senior, of course, is transition out where they start doing the, the grad assistantships, graduate school, and get ready for real-world job preparation. It's a holistic program. It's very unique. Typically, other programs just do the resume and job search and basically once you get to be a junior senior hey it's not time to find a job but as a freshman we want to give you those life skills that are necessary so once you become a junior and senior you're able to transition to the real world and be successful off the fields you were on as someone that's worn a lot of hats at georgia southern during your time in statesboro how cool is it to be involved with a program like apex Oh, it's amazing. I think what I realized is this it's changing every day, and the needs of our students are constantly going, and you're dealing with students on a daily basis. And I think that's the joy of it, of getting to see their lives change. I think the greatest thing for me is to see that when they come in as freshmen and you get a phone call when they become a senior, hey, Mr. Glenn, thank you so much. You know, I'm now working at this particular company, and what you taught me in the program changed my life. Or you see a situation where a kid comes in where you're not quite sure what he or she would do with their life, and then you realize that you know they didn't realize, hey, do you know you might could be a doctor, you could be an engineer, and we show them those things based on their skill sets, and it just takes their life to another trajectory that they may not have known otherwise. Feed the Borough coming up this Saturday, Statesboro High School, 8 a.m., Georgia Southern, the SAC program, and the Apex program, all working together to pull off this really unique and very special event. Glenn Hart, our guest today, appreciate the time. Best of luck on Saturday. We'll talk again the rest of the year. Thanks, Dan. Appreciate it. Thank you. More Inside Eagle Nation right after this. You've trained for this all year. Endless hours of cardio, conditioning, and weights. And now you are ready. Ready to trek back to your seat from the concession stand. Through the lines, lost fans, and that mascot who wants you to do a little dancey dance. All without spilling a drop of your ice-cold Bud Light. Welcome back to football, sports fans. A reminder for Georgia Southern men's basketball on the road for the next two weekends, four straight road games. It starts on Thursday night, Strayan Arena in San Marcos, Texas against Texas State, continuing Saturday night in Lafayette against the Raging Cajuns from the Cajun Dome. Both of those games are 8 o'clock Eastern tips. We'll be live at 7.30 on Thursday and Saturday with the Cutwater Spirits countdown to tip-off. For the women, it's a split weekend. 6 o'clock at home on Thursday against Louisiana, and then Saturday on the road at 5 Eastern at Troy. Get your tickets now for Evening with the All-Stars coming up on February the 3rd by visiting gseagles.com slash all-stars. Keynote speaker is Andrew Jones. That's February 3rd at the Neesmith Lane Ballroom, as at that point we'll only be two weeks away from first pitch for Georgia Southern Baseball against West Virginia. Until next week, I'm Danny Reed. And you've been listening to Inside Eagle Nation. You've been listening to Inside Eagle Nation, powered by Learfield, the official podcast of Georgia Southern Athletics.